0: I'm Air Force, but I'm going to give a nod to the Navy. Those who serve the Navy know what barnacles are. Barnacles are those crustacean little things that attach themselves to the hull of a ship. And I am told that if enough barnacles can grab onto the side of your ship, it will slow the speed of the ship down to 40% of its capacity. That's that's hard for me to imagine, but I also know it brings in more weight. And actually, barnacles can come up into the engine through the propeller shafts, and they can grow in there, adding more weight. They can get so large that they actually can crack the hull of smaller boats. The United States Navy pays over five hundred million dollars a year to scrape barnacles off its ships. They know the damage of barnacles. And Stephen Mansfield in his book on four ways to get rid of or kill gossip says that gossip is very much like a barnacle to industry, to businesses, and yes, even the church. It will slow it down. It will be detrimental to its mission. It will cause it to fail in what it is intended to do. Today, Paul addresses two women... I will mispronounce their name multiple times because I don't say them enough. The first lady's name, E U O D I A. I would like to say just Yoda, Yodia, Yodia. Okay. Second lady's name is like Sin, She, S Y N T Y C H E. These two ladies had a problem, and I'm not sure that it was gossip. Although we know the damage of gossip at work, at home, at school. Any of you remember your high school years? You know what gossip can do. But it is a barnacle in the church. And potentially, this is the issue. No theologian knows. It could have been that they were at odds with each other because one thought the other one was more important than the other one to the church at Philippi. Not unusual. Even Jesus' own disciples had argued amongst themselves who did he love most? Who will sit on the left or right of him when he comes in glory? Maybe Yoda thought she was the favorite. Maybe they got upset with one of the pastors on staff there at the church at Philippi. That pastor said something they didn't agree with. Or maybe one of the deacons didn't call when they thought they should have called. Or maybe one of these two ladies thought that she should have been selected as a deacon, a servant in the church, and one was chosen and the other was not. Your your imagination is limitless on the problems that these two could have had if you have any experience in church. They could have got mad at the praise team Either they didn't make the praise team or didn't like what the praise team was doing. They could have got mad at the kitchen team. They didn't like what they were cooking. Or they didn't get asked to cook their favorite recipe. Maybe they got mad at the Sunday school program because they didn't get asked to be a Sunday school teacher. Maybe they got mad at the greeters and the ushers. They didn't get asked to be one. Maybe they got mad at the prayer team. Maybe they got mad at somebody announcing prayer on Saturday morning. And didn't like the conviction or the challenge to pray. Throughout this letter to the church at Philippi Paul has been making his case. Today we come to the crux of the matter. He has pleaded for unity. He has pleaded for Christian behavior. He has pleaded that they would stand firm in their faith. And now he moves to the source of conflict in this church Not our church, of course And instructs this church, as well as our church How to be yoke fellows of joy If you have your Bibles Philippians the fourth chapter, verses one through nine Therefore, my brothers You who I love and long for My joy and crown. That word crown is Stephanos. Stephen. anybody here named Stephen. Stephanos. Which is the laurel that uh, athletes would receive. It's the same word, though, of the crown that they use Not a royal crown, but the crown that they put on Jesus' head. I think that's interesting. That this congregation is his joy and crown. That is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Sinche to agree with each other in the Lord yes I ask you loyal yoke fellow help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life rejoice in the Lord always I will say it again Father, as we approach a passage that was to address a problem in a church, your disciple, Paul, who had experienced so much in his life, gives some simple directions on how to resolve conflict in the church and how to avoid the terrible reputation that so many of us of Christians fall into. We're often known as troublemakers, fighters, aloof, condescending. But in this passage Paul reminds us to be like you. To follow the example that he has given to them. And today, Lord, I ask you to help us to understand this passage just a little bit better and help us to follow you. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For years, I have used verse 6 as my compass in the storms of my life, and I have shared verse 6. With probably some of you, if you have ever asked me, you know, I'm in a difficult situation, what should I do? And I would say to you, verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And I don't want to take anything away from that verse. But I think I have been guilty in the past... If extracting this one verse, as we so often do, we find one verse, take it out of context, and it may mean, and speak to your heart, and I'm glad it does. But when you take it in the context of this passage, it will mean even more. Paul is giving instruction on conflict resolution. Oh, we've all been trained in it. I know as an Air Force chaplain, if you've been in any business, if you've had any job where you have people working for you, they've probably trained you in some level of conflict resolution. Identify the problem. Brainstorm solutions. Apply a solution and then come back again and we'll discuss. Well, I still didn't like you. Didn't like you at the beginning. You told me not to. You know, Whatever. That's not what Paul's saying. Paul is telling us to work together in finding a problem for the solution, finding a strategy, and then calls us to be yoke fellows together. First off, as we look at this passage, we are to be yoke fellows always. Yoke fellows always. Verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your greatness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Always. Always. Now, I saluted the Navy for a moment. The Marines. Is Fernando up there? I know. He's got the dual blood. He's got active duty Marine time and reserve Air Force time, right? Or yeah, So he's kind of, but once a Marine, always a Marine. Those of you, any other Marines? I, I didn't look down after that. Any other Marines in here? If you've ever met a Marine... That is their slogan. I mean, I, yeah, simplify. I, I know all those. I only want a few good men, you know. You can't handle the truth. I can tell you a bunch of... Mer- That's a movie, yeah. But once a Marine, always a Marine. In the sense that if you see a Marine, even when they're no longer serving, I guarantee you they're typically dressed a little sharper, cleaner, neater, organized than the average civilian you come into account their blue jeans are pressed. Their shoes would be shined. Their cars cleaner. Their house may be straighter. They know how to square it away. But why is it, if once a Marine, always a Marine, we as Christians almost are always the opposite of what Scripture intends for us to be? Once a Christian, never a disciple. The stereotype failures... Of faith are rampant in our society where we as Christians have said we've been called to do one thing but we do a different thing. We are called to be loving but it seems that we would love to argue, fight, and attack one another. We have called to be real but to society we often are fake. Online, we may have a scripture verse in our social profile. But if you read the rest of the posts, it does not reflect the reality of what we claim to be. We love labels. You're a liberal. You're a conservative. I'll for reverse that. You're a liberal. You're a conservative. You're a Republican. You're a Democrat. You can't be one and the other. You can't be a Christian and be this part of this party. We crave numbers over spirituality. How big is your church? You heard me talking. I even began the sermon with them. We went to the big church. But we need to remind ourselves, not numbers, but spiritual fruit. Be involved in the harvest for the Lord. And then finally, one of the other stereotypes, and I drew these from a a polling source, was that Christians... Have the need to be entertained. They go to worship and it's all about me. It better be all about him. And I don't mean Bruce or whoever's up here, <laughs> not me. We are here to worship God, the creator, the redeemer, the sustainer of our life, the one who forgives, the one who empowers us. Coming to worship is not about me, it's about God. He says work together be yoke fellows and always be a yoke fellow. You know what a yoke fellow is? In fact, there are some commentators as you read this passage, they will actually even give you a Greek name. Perhaps yoke fellow was a proper noun and Paul was writing to somebody in the church. You know, help old Yoda and whatever her name is, help those two, you know? But the actual translation of the word is helper, a partner. And, and if you've ever imagined, you know, Jesus says, "Pick up my yoke," you know, for my, it's, I, I, I will carry the burden. It, I've never driven a team of animals, you know, horses or oxes, but two pulling together can do so much more than one, right? He's wanting us to be yoke fellows together. And I read this illustration this week, and, and it's always in danger of you repeating it without a source. I, I could not, you know, give you the accuracy of it. How many of you have horses or been around horses? I know the some of you. Okay. How many have been around donkeys? I know you've been to church. Yes. Oh, that was, that, that was a low blow, Cliff. Well, the illustration goes like this. <clears throat> that horses, when they are facing an enemy or an attacker, a wolf, if you will, horses... Gather together, kind of like a wagon train. they, They put their heads together and they kick out at the enemy. And as the illustration goes, donkeys look at the enemy and kick backwards, end up kicking the other donkeys. Bear with me. And as the writer said, why is it that churches are full of asses instead of stallions? So quick to kick one another versus kicking the enemy that's attacking the church. We are to be yoke fellows always. Once a yoke fellow, always a yoke fellow. Look at these verses. Rejoice always. It doesn't say complain always. This is verse 4. Rejoice always. He goes on, be gentle always. It doesn't say be angry always. If you're an angry church member, you need to leave something at the altar. You need to reconcile with a friend. You need to find what is causing you to be angry and let it go. Pray always. He says, be anxious about nothing. Oh, that's so easy to say, right? That Greek word means to be pulled apart to be destroyed. And when you are not with the Lord, if you let something else pull you away from him, you will be more anxious. Oh, granted, there's all things I know. I, I've got kids, if they're not home when they're supposed to be home, first time they get in a car and you you train them the best you can, and sometimes you know you're the one who trained them, so they, they speed. But you know, in any event, you, you, you know what it's like to be anxious. You know what it's like to, to struggle. But the closer you are to God, the more you can be this yoke fellow and have others even in the congreg other horses if you will gathering around you to protect you from the enemy pray always be thankful always he doesn't say be ungrateful I went to church today I didn't get nothing out of it well you probably didn't put anything into it and I'm not talking about the offering either I- I'm not I mean If you don't pray before you come to church, I guarantee you're going to be somewhat disappointed. You might be entertained. Cliff, Dan, Pierce, somebody might say something that strikes your fancy. But you should be praying. God, I'm coming to worship you. Speak to me. Open my heart, Lord. Open my mind to what you would have me hear and do and change and be like you. Thankful always. Peacemakers always. It doesn't say create division he doesn't say create rivalry be a peacemaker these two women if you actually translate their Greek names Yoda I know I'm, I'm making fun of her name and she should never make fun of somebody's name I mean my name is Clifton and I hate to be called Clifford that's a big red dog <laughs> and did you know there's a new Clifford movie coming out soon I probably won't see that one but Yodia, if you want to say her name that way, her very name means success. And the second lady's name, Sinche, or however you to pronounce that, it's kind of like the end of Patricia, you know, Sinche, Sinche. Uh, that name means happy event. Two women whose name means success and happy event are causing problems. Uh, th- that just pff, got my mind this week. I hadn't looked that Greek word, word up ever. Probably hadn't preached on those two names either. But and, it, and I'm thinking, okay, so when I pursue my own success, not God's success, when I pursue my own happy event, not God's happy event, I probably am on a pathway that leads me to pain and suffering. In this text, Paul tells us not to vent out our anger at each other, but to diffuse our anger or our conflict with God. When it's all about you, the problems seem to grow. Conflict is certain, but it's not about you. It's about him. And I know I'm going to be a little bit long today. I'm sorry. Just bear with me. You can have it back, I don't know, Christmas. Christmas. Yesterday, some of you know, I've rented a shop for about the past year because I have cars and that's my hobby. And I I bust my knuckles about one day a week and down there trying to do something. And and we've had one car that we've been working on a long time. So Spencer and one of his friends showed up to help me get the engine with the transmission and the transfer case to to set down finally inside on the motor mounts. And this is, you know, like a Probably a ton. It's one of those things you can't pick up by yourself. And it would not align. And I had to get it out because I'm moving out of the shop. And and these two young men, you know, both 20 some odd year old men, could not read my mind when I, yeah, wow. (laughs) Go figure. So, half the time, they're standing around drinking water and talking to each other, and I'm trying to get them to do something. You know, I'm up here, and I'm underneath it, I'm on the other side, and I'm pushing it, and they were not responding like I wanted them to respond. And I don't think I said anything that I couldn't say in church to them, but they understood my anger. What Paul is saying in the course of our anger and conflicts is don't lash out at one another. If you have to vent, if you have to fume, do it with God. Because when you're angry at everybody else, you can't find anybody to get along with. Because sooner or later, your anger will calm down, and sooner or later, you'll see the person you were so angry toward. And that creates a whole other situation where you have to apologize for being like a, you know what? One of those donkeys, kicking them when you should have been kicking that engine and that transmission. And I think the last thing I said to the boys yesterday, I boys, the young men, I really don't have the skill set for what I'm doing. And that was, wit- I don't know if it was wisdom, it was God saying, Cliff, let it go. You can't do what you're trying to do. And so many time, times in our lives, you gotta say, God, I can't do this. I gotta bring it to you to where I can def- diffuse the anger that I have with one another, with other people. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And the word is all, not just in church, not some translations say to all men. The Greek word is posanthropos, anthropos, the word we get anthropology from. All humanity, every living, breathing person, essentially. Paul is denying us the opportunity to vent with one another. He's saying, vent with God. Be angry with God. Explain to God what you need and let him diffuse your anger. Don't lash out at somebody else. Here's the thing. If we vent with God, we can be peaceable with others. If we vent with others, we will never have peace anywhere. There are so many unhappy people in and out of the church. Paul, Paul could have quoted Patton, and now I'm tipping my hat to the army. Patton, one of his favorite quotes is, either lead me, follow me, or get out of the way. Lead me, follow me, or get out of the way. Paul is leading us to follow him and our anger and give it to God and then get ourselves out of the way. I'm guessing some of you here are locked into seemingly irreconcilable conflicts with others. If you're normal, you've got somebody you've got conflict going on with. I think it was uh, Lance Armstrong that once said, If the fur ain't flying, you must be dying. I mean, living causes abrasiveness with some people. But if there is someone you're in anger with, perhaps you're part of the problem, reverse that pattern. Go to God, ask forgiveness with that person, and be a yoke fellow always. Finally, as we look at this passage, yoke fellows of action. Hi, Victoria. Is that you that just came in? So good to see you. So long. God bless you. I wish I knew how to say hello in Russian. There you go. I know a guy over there can speak a little bit. It's so sweet to see you. This is my neighbor who moved and was coming here, and she moved to another part of town. So it's so great to see you guys. Um, A yoke fellow of action is what Paul concludes this passage with. He says yoke fellows should practice. Look at this verse. Whatever you have learned, I'm at verse 9, or received or heard from me or seen to me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Another patent saying is a pint of sweat Is will save a gallon of blood. A pint of sweat will save a gallon of blood. And anybody that's been in the military, you know that if you're not fighting, you're training. You know, it's like firefighters. If they're not fighting a fire, they're doing training, washing the truck or rolling hose or doing something. And how many times have you heard on the news, my training kicked in? Have you ever heard that before? You know that. You train to do something, and when it happens, then you're trained in the way you should react. We must be trained in love. Trained in forgiveness. Trained not to grumble, but to praise. Trained in the word of the Lord. Just as Bruce alluded to, that Fanny could give words of scripture when asked something. Be trained in the word. Not trained in conflict, not trained in anxiety, not trained in anger, but trained in peacemaking. Matthew 5, 9, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the... Sons or daughters of God, if you don't know that beatitude, 5-9. Yeah. Well, Air Force people in here know that B-52s are often used in the form of a peace symbol, and it says, peace the old-fashioned way, (laughs) you know, through nuclear deterrence. Yes, but peacemaking is the role of the yoke fellow. It's working together to help the church to stay focused on its mission. Now this week, drilling down, you know, when I get my ideas and I try to find a video to go or something I might use with it, I found that there is an upcoming new movie that I probably will not watch, nor could I show you because it was was a little too edgy to be shown in church. But this particular character, I mean, this movie's not even released yet. It was just one of these uh, you know trailers kind of prompting you to want to see a little teaser is what they call it. this guy is telling a stranger that he really is a superhero. And the guy says, Well, what's your superhero talent? He says, I'm a peacemaker. And the guy immediately starts laughing. He says, "There are no superhero peacemakers. They're all in destruction, and you know they're this kind of stuff." And I thought to myself, it caused me to think maybe, just maybe, if we yoke with one another, become partners with others, become yoke fellows of joy, there'll be no reason for superhero peacemakers because we will be living out verses nine and ten. Whatsoever you have heard, let me go back to. That. Yeah, let me, let me, not 9 and ten, eight and 9. Finally, brothers, you know, this was read when I retired from the Air Force. Not that I thought I had done that much, but I love this passage. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Would you stand with me, please, we pray. Our fathers, we come now to a time of invitation. Perhaps there's somebody here that has been in conflict with uh, someone in the church or someone outside of the church. Perhaps they've been in conflict with you. And Lord, that's okay if they're, they're angry with you because they need to, that means they're gonna continue to talk and to relate with you. For Lord, it's only you can bring peace in their lives. Only when they confess their sin, only when they come to accept who Jesus Christ is as the Lord and the Savior of this world, Lord, then they will find true peace. Help each one of us today as we fight off the conflicts of this world to be yoke fellows of joy, to be yoke fellows of action, living out the love and the forgiveness that only you can give. And now, Lord, as we have a time of invitation, I'll be standing here in front. If there's someone here who wants to come to these steps and pray, we have members of the prayer team that will pray with them. Perhaps they want to come and talk to me about Something that we want to pray for together. Or perhaps we're here saying, hey, I want to be a part of this church. I like what's going on and I feel God leading me here. We have opportunities to, to worship in Spanish and English. And Lord, we want to continue to grow in our community. To continue to be the light in this world of darkness. Let your Holy Spirit move. And whatever decision there is, we'll give you all the glory. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.